Good morning. I'd like you to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The staff has a planning retreat this week, and so in preparation I got out a small suitcase that I use for short trips and a carry-on. Um, it has a little zipper compartment that I opened up because I usually, uh, I'm not a real organized guy, so I clean out my suitcase when I'm preparing for a new trip. And so I went in there, and there was a bunch of papers in there, and it, it you know, was things like uh, flight details and MapQuest directions and, and hotel reservations and that kind of thing. And I was cleaning this stuff out and throwing it away, and I found a $100 bill, a hidden treasure. I uh, say that because 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is a big suitcase. And it is packed full of truth. And in the first compartment, verses 1 to 8, where Paul is discussing our present earthly tent and our future heavenly home and how death is really moving day from here to there, we find a hidden treasure. It's small, it's tucked in there, You might read through here several times and never really catch it. It's a verse that only has eight words in the English language. And it's verse 7 that I'd like to read to you this morning. For we walk by faith, not by sight. This is one of those priceless principles of Scripture. And it's very small but it's much more valuable than my hundred dollars. I'd like to just point out two obvious things about this principle to start with. Number one, it's practical. He says, we walk. He doesn't say we sprint by faith. He doesn't say we jump by faith. He doesn't say we sit in a recliner by faith. He says we walk by faith. What is walking? Walking is continuous, slow, steady pace. Walking is the most common way that we move through life. And so what he's saying is, this is the principle for the most common part of your spiritual life. It's practical. Secondly, it's absolute. It doesn't say we walk by faith and sight. You don't walk by a little faith and a little sight. See, faith and sight are mutually exclusive. Romans chapter 8 and verse 24 says, hope that is seen is not hope. Well, you can put faith in there as well. Faith that is seen is not hope. And so this is a An absolute statement. There is no compromise in this statement. There is no wiggle room in this statement. If you are walking by sight, then you are not walking by faith. And if you are walking by faith, you are not walking by sight. Now, to help us understand this principle, which is so important... I want us to make four observations this morning. Number one, 
This is unnatural. And so it has to be learned. We naturally walk by sight. If I see a step, I step up. If I see a curb, I step down. If I see an obstacle, I step around it. That's the way we walk. When the power goes off in the evening, what do I do? I don't walk. I grope for a flashlight so that I can see again. And once I see again, then I start walking. When my sight goes out, I stop walking completely. Why? Because I walk by sight. That's the way we do it. And even when we see things, we're not very trusting. I walk up and I see a, a park bench that says wet paint. What do I do? I touch it. Just so I can see. So to walk by sight basically means to view all of life from a purely human perspective. And we're conditioned that way. From a very early age, if your mom was like my mom, she would say to you, look both ways before you cross the road. Or don't you dare get out of my sight. Keep your head up. What do coaches say? Keep your eye on the ball. It's all about the visual. And we're conditioned that way. But when I become a believer, God says to me, you walk by faith, not by sight. Everything I'm building my life on is unseen. I trust in a God I've never seen. I depend on a Savior I've never seen. I wait for a kingdom I have never seen. I rely on promises I have never seen and can barely even imagine coming true. That's walking by faith. I was in St. Louis recently. I was near the Fox Theater, and I saw a couple coming down the road, or coming down the sidewalk, and they were in a specially made shirt. It was kind of like a uh, straight jacket, and it held them back to back so that they looked like Siamese twins joined at the spine. And when I realized I was near... St. Louis University campus, I thought, this has got to be a class project. And they were walking smoothly down the sidewalk. The girl was leading, the guy behind her, and they were just walking as fast as anybody else down the sidewalk. And I thought to myself, now, this guy didn't learn to walk this way from day one. They didn't start out this smoothly. They started out stepping on each other's shoes and, and, and moving around. What's interesting was he wasn't even looking over his shoulder. He was just flying down the sidewalk behind her. That's something he had to learn. And in the same way, you and I have to learn to walk by faith. Now, faith isn't something totally foreign to us. We utilize it in natural ways every day. When you drive across a bridge, you drive across by faith. 
when I mailed my tax return this week. Don't remind me. I did it by faith in the U.S. Postal Service. When I wrote my check, I did it by faith that there'll be something in there (laughs) when they cash it. You came in today and sat in that pew by faith. But the difference is you can see the bridge and you can see the pew. But God says, I want you to trust in the unseen. And that's not natural. Take your Bible and look back at 1 Corinthians, which comes right before 2 Corinthians. Chapter 2. Notice verse 9. He says, Things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which has not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. God has prepared all this for us, and our eye has never seen it. Verse 10, for to us God revealed them, how? Through the Spirit. What I can't see with the naked eye, God by his Spirit has revealed to me. Now look down at verse 14. But a natural man, now a natural man is just what you are naturally. This is a person without the Spirit of God, a person who is not born again, a person who is not a new creature in Christ is a natural man. A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or spiritually examined or spiritually seen. So this is not natural to walk by faith. It's something we have to learn. And even when we become believers... I think most of us identify with the guy we call Doubting Thomas who said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands, I will not believe. And Jesus showed up and said, take your finger and put it in here. Take your hand and stick it in my side. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, having seen, do you believe? Blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. Now, how do I get from seeing to believing? How do I get from sight to faith? How do I learn to walk by faith? Bjorn read this verse earlier, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. How does faith grow? How does faith develop in my life? The more I read, the more I study, the more I hear the words of Scripture, the stronger my faith becomes. The more I soak myself in the word of God, the more I soak my soul in the Word of God, the more I can see the unseen things, 
by the Spirit of God and then began to live out my life that way. That's learning to walk by faith. And so the first question is, are you learning to walk by faith and not by sight? Second, this is irrational. It makes no senses. Now, we naturally depend on our senses. We see, we smell, we hear, we taste, we touch. And anything that is outside of that, we question or we dismiss. But faith, by its very essence, contradicts my senses. Faith makes no senses. Let me show you an example. Look at Romans chapter 4. I love this little passage. Romans chapter 4 and verse 18, talking about Abraham. Romans 4.18, it says, In hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which has been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God... He did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. I love that. God said, Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a baby, and that baby is going to lead to you becoming the father of a multitude of nations. In hope against hope, he believed. And without losing faith, he, he contemplated what God had to work with. His body, now as good as dead. He looked at Sarah and saw that her womb was a tomb. And he said, how is this going to happen? From the human eye, this says it's impossible, but what did he say? He said, God said it, God is able, and God will do it. That's faith. Faith is irrational. From a natural standpoint. I heard about a teacher who asked his students to look out the window of the classroom and the teacher said, do you see the grass? They said, yes. Do you see the trees? Yes. Look up, do you see the sky? Yes. Do you see God? No. He said, grass, trees, and sky exist. We can't see God because he isn't there. He doesn't exist. One of the students stood up and addressed his fellow students and said, Do you see the teacher? Yes. Do you see the teacher's hair? Yes. Do you see the teacher's glasses? Yes. Do you see the teacher's brain? No. Why are you getting ahead of me? I haven't gotten to the punchline. He said, using his logic, his brain doesn't exist. See, when we rely only on our senses, faith is irrational. If you are waiting to see God before you believe, 
it will be too late. I like what Elton Trueblood said. He said, faith is not belief without proof. It is trust without reservation. Everybody walks by faith on a limited scale. You, you, when you drink out of a faucet, you do so by faith. You have no idea what's coming out next. When you eat in a restaurant, hate to ruin your lunch, but you do it by faith. You don't know what's going to come out of the kitchen. Don't order it smothered in sauce. I was, I was in St. Louis. I, said, I was walking down the sidewalk in St. Louis, and they have these uh, large drainage grates right in the sidewalk. And you look down through the grate, and you see it drops down about 12 to 15 feet, and you're walking across a grate by faith that it's going to hold you up. When you get on an airplane, you do it by faith. How many here have repelled before? I love repelling. You get up on top of a cliff and, and they tie a rope to a tree or whatever's around and, and then you've got this sheer drop there and they say, now the first thing you have to do is get parallel with the ground. So you go from a position where you're in control to laying all the way back off the edge of the cliff while your senses are, are, are screaming, don't! So you're going against your senses to give up control, to get parallel to the ground, so you can start really enjoying yourself going down the cliff. See, the key to faith is the object. When you repel, you trust the rope and the guy who tied the knot. The guy at slew trusted his friend. Because he's walking and walking and walking and trusting that she's taking him in the right direction and not running him into a tree. When you get on a plane, you trust the pilot. When you go to your doctor, you trust, well, sometimes you trust his diagnosis. See, the question is, do you trust God? Do you trust God? Because if you trust God, then you will surrender your will to Him. Even when your senses are screaming, don't! That's faith. And Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me make a couple quick observations here. Number one, faith is irrational to the natural mind, but faith makes most sense when you realize your need. If you suddenly went blind today, you would learn something about faith because you would no longer be walking by sight. You would learn to depend on someone else to direct you. You would learn to depend on a cane that they taught you how to use, and you would learn dependence and faith and trust. Second observation. Faith is measured 
by how confidently you walk. I watched that guy in St. Louis walking down the sidewalk. He was walking faster than anyone else I saw on the sidewalk backwards. That's confidence. When you walk by faith and people look at you, do they see confidence in God as you walk apart from sight, trusting in the unseen? Third observation. This is uncomfortable. Faith is uncomfortable. It's risky. It's costly. If there were no risk, there would be no faith. If you repel off your couch, I don't call that faith. I call that falling off the couch. (laughs) See, there has to be a risk involved for faith to be actualized. I am asked to follow Jesus, whom I've never seen. I am asked to obey his words that I have never heard from his audible voice. And I am told that if I do, I will probably experience pain, loss, discomfort, unpopularity. I'll be persecuted, and I may even lose my life. And what do I do? I follow anyway by faith. You see, faith is willing to suffer in the present in order to reign in the future. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 real quick. Hebrews chapter 11 gives us an example of Moses in verse 24. It says, by faith Moses when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. How did he do that? For he was looking to the reward. Moses got the big scale out. And he said, on this side, I'm going to put the passing pleasure of sin, temporary sin. On this side, I'm going to put temporary ill treatment with the people of God. On this side, I'm going to put reproach for Christ. On this side, I'm going to put the treasures of Egypt. But then, through the eye of faith, he looks at the eternal reward. And he puts it on this side. And what happens? It outweighs the other. You see, that's the way faith is. Faith is willing to say, I'll take short-term loss in light of long-term gain. Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or as my grandpa used to say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Tibed we go. Face the decision. They could bow down to Nebuchadnezzar, who they could see, or they could obey God, who they couldn't see. What choice did they make? They made the choice of faith that says, I will obey God and take the flames. 
I don't know about your senses, but my senses are always saying to me, I want what's comfortable. Faith says, I'll take what's difficult, I'll take what's painful, I'll take the cross, I'll take the narrow road less traveled. You know what's interesting? Even when I don't choose that way, I often get it. You know why I get it? Because what happens in the darkest moments of life? Faith is perfected. James tells us in James 1-2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And let patience or perseverance have its end result that you may be complete and perfect in all things. Difficulties, trials, when I go into the shadow of the valley of death, when I go into difficult times, when life gets dark and I can't see where to go, God is using those circumstances to develop my faith walk. Fourth thing, it's undeniable, which means it's seen by others. You see, when I walk by faith, I don't see where I'm walking, but others see my walk. It's not visual, but it's visible. Faith is not some abstract thing. People sit around and say, I got faith, and there's nothing going on in their life. That's not faith. The writer of Hebrews tells us what faith is in chapter 11 and verse 1. He says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I like that. What's that mean? That means when you have faith, you have conviction. When you have faith, you will bet your life on unseen things. And if you are betting your life on unseen things, people are going to see that. It's going to be undeniable. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it talks about Noah. and God said to Noah, it's going to rain. Now, it's possible that there had never been rain before that time. Because if you go to Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it said God had not sent rain. But a mist used to rise up from the earth and water the ground. So he may have come to Noah and said, it's going to rain. And Noah said, what's rain? Not only is it going to rain, water is going to fall out of the sky, but it's going to fall in such volume that it's going to flood the entire earth. Now, Noah was a man of faith. How do we know that? Because he bet his life on it. For the better part of 120 years, he built a boat. Noah couldn't see the promise of God, but people could see his actions of faith. Faith is undeniable. Look ahead in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 to what we're going to see next time in verse 9. It says, Therefore, because you're walking by faith and not by sight, therefore we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Now, if you live your life with your ambition to be pleasing to God, people are going to notice. And how do you live your life to be pleasing to God? You do it by faith. 
fact, when we look back over this passage, going back to the end of chapter 4, he told us in verses 16 and 18 what to be looking at, the unseen. He tells us in chapter 5, verses 1 to 8, what to be longing for, to be with Christ. And then he tells us in verses 9 and 10 what to live for. We're to live to please him in every way. And when you do that, it's undeniable. People can see. I watch very few movies, but because I, I only rent them at home and I get about 10 minutes in and I turn them off and I go somewhere else. They don't hold my attention. But I, so I can probably name the movies I've watched all the way through on two hands. But one that I like very much is the third Indiana Jones movie called The Last Crusade. And uh, the theology is a little questionable, but there's some great lessons in it. And he's going looking for the Holy Grail, supposedly the, the uh, chalice that Jesus drank out of at the Last Supper. And, and uh, he's got to find it because his dad is dying, and supposedly if he finds it, it's going to make his dad well. And he, he comes out. And uh, he comes to a cave where the Holy Grail is kept. And at the edge of the cave, there's a chasm with a sheer drop of thousands of feet. It's too far for him to jump, and there's no foreseeable way to get across. And in frustration, he opens his dad's book again, and he starts to read through it. And he sees that the key is this. It's a leap from the lion's head. And suddenly, he says... It's a leap of faith. And he stands there for a moment and he closes his eyes. And then he raises his foot and he steps out into this chasm. And as soon as he steps out by faith, a stone bridge appears and catches him. And he walks across and he gets the Holy Grail and his dad gets healed and the bad guys go away and everything is happy ever after. That's where it gets a little questionable. But you know, that's a great illustration of walking by faith. God says, step out here, and my senses say, if I step out there, I'm going to fall to my death. And just like he read it in his father's book, we read it in our father's book. He says, walk by faith, not by sight. Ah, it's a walk of faith. I've got to step out even when I don't see anything that's going to hold me up. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe what the Bible says when it says that one day this whole world is going to be consumed with fire? Do you believe that? Then why don't you step out on it? Why do we live our lives like this is all we're going to get? And we hang on to it and cherish it down to the last moment. Do you believe that through prayer you can actually talk to the God of the universe? Then why don't you step out on it? Why do we pray so little when he's there for us? The unseen God waiting to hear from you today. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is going to come out of heaven one day and come back to this earth? then step out on it.
and live your life to please him so that when he comes, you'll be ready. Do you believe you're going to spend eternity with him? Then step out on it. Look at the unseen, long to be with Christ, and live to please him every moment. I'm going to have the praise team come back. Lead us in worship as we close today. I pray that you will spend time as we're praising the Lord and singing to him to really reflect on your heart today. Where you're at in your faith walk. And maybe you have to say today, God, I've been walking by sight and not by faith. And I want to surrender my will to you today and begin to walk by faith and not by sight. Let's stand as we close together.